This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Self-Build Podcast, where we explore all things home building and home improving in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self-Build Magazine. This episode, I chat with Vivian Hanna, who self-built her home in County Antrim in 2016. She project-managed the entire build herself and has become an expert in cost-effective interior solutions. Vivian has been repurposing furniture for the past 30 years through her business, Vivian Hanna Homes, Interiors and Projects, and you can find her on Facebook. When I caught up with Vivian, I started by asking her what got her through the planning permission stage of her self-build. You know, a lay person like myself, it doesn't matter who you are, what if you're an engineer, a nurse, a doctor, whatever, you couldn't possibly even begin to get through that. You know, you really need planning people and a good architect and people who are working with it on a regular basis to really get through it. Because what applies for one person doesn't apply to for another. And every house is so different. And I know as our next door neighbours and their building at the minute, they had a terrible time getting planning. And it really had because of a, I think in their case, it was a hip roof. And now they, they they have got it and they had to compromise significantly. But yeah, they, I think they went through planning three times. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we didn't. And, uh, and I think it was just because our architect was experienced and he knew what was going on. He, he you know, he headed off the trouble at the pass. He mm-hmm. basically said, look, you'll never get that or you won't. So obviously we were lucky, but I think it is it does come down to the experience of your architect and the rapport that they have in the local planning office and how often they're there. And if they are doing a good bit of work, and particularly along the domestic line, you know, that would have said us for domestic dwellings, well, then they're invaluable to you. You know, you couldn't pay them for their time, really, because they promise they'll get it through and they're going to try and get it through the first time and you know save themselves any bother out as well mm, yeah and then obviously they're very familiar with all the the ins and outs of the zoning totally. and 
and mm-hmm. all the documents and all the guidance and all that. Yeah, it yeah. is the documents as well. Mm-hmm. There's so yeah, many you have of to them. refer to all the little bits and yeah. Yeah. Planners want to Not make fair. sure they're yeah. Well, it, in fairness, it's a good thing because you don't want you know just random stuff being built everywhere either. But yeah, it can be difficult to. No, totally. I totally get it. No, absolutely. The experience of your architect or a planning consultant or whatever company that you use, it's well worth investing in them. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And it saves you a lot of heartache in the long run. How how would you break down the timeline of your self-build once you got started? Well, once we got started, I think the biggest thing is making the decision that you're going to go ahead with it because... We were living in a a lovely home. We probably thought it was our end stage home, but we realized because of insulation, that was why we were looking at doing something else and having spoken to a few architects um, through a scheme called Architect in Your House, we realized we actually wanted to build more than anything. But in doing that, um, you're starting to look for a site and then you have to think about getting finance and then can you afford it and you have to go through the design stages, then you have to cost it. You've then to find a builder. You might already have a builder, but you need to be realistic about costing it. And then you've got the build. And realistically for us, that honestly took about five years. Um, yeah, that might scare some pr- people. <laughs> yeah, it probably would scare some people. But, you know, um, our story is everybody's story is unique. But everybody comes across things that hold them up or things that they didn't foresee. Mm-hmm. And as with all the best planning in the world, sometimes it's either timing, personalities, people's lives. Things happen, so things change. Um, but uh, essentially, if you're going to do it and you have an architect and you, you've, you've already got a site in mind, you should be able to do it, and I would say, in two and a half years. And that's given yourself plenty of time. Um, for us, we had to search for a site and we needed a site that uh, wasn't impacted by trees or um, it, we wanted somewhere a little bit rural. And obviously, because we were looking for solar gain, it needed, we needed to know that we'd be able to build on a certain side of the site. And um, so that took us about a year. And then securing finance and thinking about how we were going to live somewhere else working out what our finances were because we were doing everything really on a very tight budget. Then uh, for us, we found someone, a contractor who was designing our house as well as uh, going to build it for us. And unfortunately, we spent nearly two years with them. And at the end of it, when we started to price it, even though they said it was affordable, it was over 50% over budget before contingency. So that was devastating because we were two and a half years, nearly three years into what was our our build, and we thought we were going to be starting to build in a three week three weeks in advance, and it actually all fell apart. This was so before you started building. This is before we started building. So we basically designed a house, a beautiful home, which was like an agricultural barn that we couldn't afford to build, and at that stage everything stopped and. Only we met with a quantity surveyor who we hadn't really um, involved in our plans prior to that. He was very good and gave us the impetus to move on and said, you've got to move quickly. He was aware, as we were, that the planning permission on the site that we had was very basic and that the time was running out. Also, we knew we weren't going to have anywhere to live so because we had sold our house and we needed to move out and 
So then we basically, I started going around uh, different architects, talking to them because I needed to find a new architect. And um, it, that took another three months. Um, signed someone up who was absolutely brilliant, actually, in the end. Uh, it took him another six months to get our plans drawn because we were pricing as we were going along. We didn't want to uh, make the same mistake as we had the first time around. And um, once then he had submitted our plans, it took a further 25 weeks in planning. And this is when the councils in Northern Ireland were actually merging. And so you were getting the Antrim Council, for instance, and Newton Abbey together. So they were doing their best, but it was 25 weeks before we got a, even a notification to say that things were okay. And there were a few glitches, but luckily the architect was able to, um, you know, sort it out. And then you've got to cost. So after we done that, we were looking for our builders and we find lots of great builders. They were either busy or they couldn't start for maybe 10 months. So that's a hard thing as well, because you're trying to get the right people have them there, talking to them, keeping them on your side. But really, they have to go where the work goes. So uh, when it came to it and we cost it out, that was that was like another four months. And um, once we found the builder and he started, he built the house within a year. So we were very lucky from that point of view. So getting your bricks into the ground is really, you're really, you're you're at the end stages. Yeah, because the the design is really what's most important as well. Because you you spend mm-hmm. a lot of time within that uh, process. So yeah. in terms of um, the, the tips for for that aspect for the design, um, and if you're a bit on a budget as well, to try not to to go too overboard either, but get yeah. what you want. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have some some tips for people in terms of let's say well, the kitchen or? Well, definitely. Um, well, from our point of view, we always—we would have called ourselves budget builders. We don't have engineering backgrounds. Um, we're both very thrifty, and we felt that we could do some of the work ourselves. But in terms, for instance, of the kitchen, I was never going to compromise on any other thing than the granite, and I knew that would be expensive. We looked at options of um, second-hand kitchens. We also. I think you have to think you're talking about the design. You need to work out what the purpose of your kitchen is for. Is it purely for making food? Is it to make food and eat it? So you need a dining area in your kitchen. Have you got a bigger family? Do you need somewhere to do homeworks at the same time that you're um, cooking? So from our point of view, we knew we needed an island, uh, somewhere that we could prepare food. Um, so that meant that we could eat and do homeworks and have everybody together in the one room. Um, and obviously, the bigger the room, the more spend on your kitchen cupboards or whatever. Um, I would say shop around if you can find what you like, if you have a particular style. Me, I tend to be um, more of a classic style, but really shopping around is a really big thing. And if you can go to maybe the seal, find X display. I mean, uh, you can even get second-hand granite and you can get it re, uh, you know, the, the men will come out and re-template it and re-cut it for you. Uh, we've, we've used various things like that in, in our kitchen. Also, I would be watching at certain times of the year. If you buy a kitchen in January or February, you will definitely get a cheaper kitchen and you'll also get a better deal on your appliances post-Christmas because most people are buying in for Christmas. So um, you can go to a one-stop shop. You'll get everything done. People will organize it for you. 
that's great. Uh, we personally didn't do that because that was way more expensive. So we bought our carcasses. We got a cabinet maker to make them. We bought our handles ourselves. We bought our appliances from uh, a local company who were fantastic. And they gave us a great price because we were buying everything together in one go from them. And their after sales service has turned out to be amazing as well. So from that point of view, financially, you can if you break it down and buy separately, you can definitely save some money. You can even buy, like I bought a secondhand sink. You can get secondhand taps. And being secondhand doesn't mean that they don't work. It's just someone else has used them before you. Um, we pretty much did that with our larder as well and also with our um, our utility room. Uh, our utility room is a very simple design, very basic, and it's extremely practical and um, it does the job and it, it was really cheap, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the way to mm-hmm. go. Um, and in terms of if you're buying secondhand, then how do you check for... If you know that to make sure that things work, you actually would go. Would it be like off something like Dundeal or one of those websites where it's um, look, person for me, to person I've and got, you go check it out? Or yeah, normally that's why I do uh, Gumtree. Or you find mm-hmm. if people are, for instance, getting a new kitchen, then they would be selling bits off. Or you know, um, you'd see people they'd they'd advertise things and say, "Oh, need to be moved next Saturday," and you you can maybe, for instance, the taps. I bought a bath and taps off a man and this was for a bathroom in Balamoney and um, I saw the bath before it was taken out of the house because it was an old, um, you know, the big old cast iron bath and we were able to buy those taps and the taps retail at over a thousand pounds, you know, and they're just, they're just standard taps. These ones were old ones, you know. So for instance, in terms of that bath, we bought the bath, I think it was 200 pounds and then we got it re-enameled, but it's a three and a half thousand pound bath. Yeah, yeah, you know, not that everybody wants a bath, and it's like, well, even the, the taps in our utility room, you know, they're secondhand taps. They came from someone else's kitchen. You know, that mm-hmm. they, they just are. Yeah, and what I can suppose go wrong it, on it? Nothing really. Yeah, nothing really. Because you're not losing. You have to change or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, well, even the sink. I have a double sink in my uh, kitchen, and that's like. Four hundred pounds today to go and buy it, so it wouldn't have been totally in vogue. It's a Belfast sink; it's a double one. Because I cook a lot, and I know that there'd be dishes in the sink and chop and veg and everything. Um, I just happened to find it. It was, I think, it was Facebook Marketplace, and um, and in fact, what had happened? The guy had ordered his kitchen, and two of them had arrived, and no one ever picked came to pick it up. So I think I paid ninety pound for it, mm. and it was immaculate. It wasn't even out of the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and yes, I had to, to drive what twenty miles to get it, but sure, it was nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. so those are wee small things. They are time consuming, but if you can do those things much in advance of your build. For instance, I was looking around for a long time. I find some furniture that I like that I paint it. Um, it's doing those things, knowing what you like. It's going and looking at doors. You can buy people sell secondhand doors all the time. There's loads of them. Or you can buy them in, um, you know, the nice salvage yards or reclaim places. Uh, I had looked at those places, but sometimes I find them to be expensive and also that the sizes were very much incompatible with what I needed because, again, with the design of your house, the more bespoke it is, um, 
the more expensive it becomes to finish it in all uh, variations of trim and architraves. So keeping things to standard sizes really helps as well. You know, that's the other thing. Absolutely. And then tips for living areas then? For living areas, well, I would always say, you know, how do you live? You know, do you live to your TV? Do you live to your fireplace? Or do you live for a view? If you're going to be focusing on a beautiful view, obviously your your sofa and your living area would be, you know, facing out that way. And you've got to think what kind of sofa you like. Everybody likes different things. Just um, A lot of people like recliners. Um, some people like more upright, more formal sofa. So if you've got a sofa, for instance, that you like, that you love, you know, keep it. Just Just keep it. Work with it in your new space. Measure your new living room so that it will fit. And you can recover it to anything that you want especially if it's a good quality sofa. Um, nowadays, I think when you're looking at a lot of the furniture, it's not the same quality that it would have been maybe even 10, 15 years ago in sofas. And so if you've got, that's one thing, if you've got, and you've, you've got, you know, you've got a good one, you know, get it covered. But also people naturally gravitate to light. And it would be important that where you live isn't in a real dark area. And if you have no option of that, then you've got to think about lighting and those those kind of areas and ways of being clever with uh, tricks with colour, perhaps. But moreover, I would say uh, people gravitate to light. They like to live either around a fireplace or a TV. So, and it's just trying to keep it simple and what um, kind of things you need in your living room. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Really clever, even with all this new LED strip lighting now, you can just put panels on your wall, like raised panels, and put lights in, even for the darkest recesses. And it really isn't expensive. It's just being uh, a bit clever. But um, yeah, it, you're saying about secondhand places, like a lot of reclaim uh, yards would make beautiful lighting now. Um, there's a lot of people kind of specialising in that, and it's not so expensive. But um, British Home Stores is closed in the UK and uh, Dunelm, between Dunelm and Matalan, between the two of them, they've really stepped up a gear in what they're doing and supplying, like, I would say pretty cheap lighting, nice design, and obviously it's safe and it complies to all standards. And, you know, it's, it's going picking stuff off the shelf as well that isn't uh, very, very costly. You know, it would be half the price of some of the other high street shops. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and bedrooms then, let's say, or those kind of more private areas, is there any kind of tips, advice there for kind of... Well, keep them, I would keep them kind of light and uh, as less as you can put in as possible. A lot of kids' bedrooms, um, well, maybe even adults, depends where they live and what has their type for space. Um, obviously, it's for your bed, but you want to be thinking about a desk uh, in some of them and maybe our dressing table. I would always keep bedrooms quite light and fresh and as airy as possible. If you've only got room for a single bed in a room, only use one pillow. Don't be putting loads and loads of pillows because it's really taken up a lot of space. And uh, where you can, if you could be clever and even put a picture reel up quite high up and paint a slightly different tone, it'll make the room seem brighter and lighter. Um, but I would generally keep as little as possible in your bedroom uh, uh, what what you need and some nice self-lighting mm-hmm. um, you know, that's basically the, the essence of it and if you can use light furniture as well um, maybe even old furniture repainted, We've got, in fact we have that ourselves but that's not everybody's cup of tea, even lovely Ikea furniture you can be really clever with it as well but I would keep it light not necessarily dark unless you've got a really big space yeah. And uh, and in terms just to go back to the beginning with planning permission, mm-hmm. what were what was your experience like? Do you have any tips in terms of uh, definitely um, after PPS to planning permission? Yeah, planning permission is a minefield, and also because there's so many planning offices, particularly in recent years, our local uh, councils have merged together, and there's different planners have different ideas and. You hear stories, oh, they got planning and we didn't. And, you know, it can be very difficult. But my advice to anyone is um, once you choose your architect, that's really important. They need to be an ally. They need to be a friend. They need to know you. They need to know your site. Um, If you get an architect who is like that, who can work with you, their experience is invaluable. They generally will have a direct line to the planning office. And they've probably been around a few corners and will obviously know what the problems are in your area. For instance, if you're allowed to put black cladding on your house or if you're allowed to have your house at a juxtaposition to the road or if you're allowed a gable window on whatever gable. Um, generally, I think that they would know. And in, in choosing someone like that and being clever with it and making sure that they are specialists in bespoke domestic dwellings, that will take a lot of pain away for you. And when when you're going through the design process with them, they're able to eradicate things that just aren't going to work. They're going to be realistic with you and be honest. And they, in most cases, they will be able to get the planning officer out and you will be able to speak to them long before you submit your application. So by the time that you're doing that, and it's months down the line, and you've worked out the your whole scheme. Um, you shouldn't really have a problem. And what was your own experience like? Did you go to pre-planning meeting, or did you really leave it to to the architect? Because you, no. you went for a first round, did you, with the design and build company? Yes, we did. We did. And um, actually, the initial design, when I look at it now, you know, it was quite amazing. It was a, a, an amazing design. Totally out of our budget, obviously, uh, we just couldn't afford it. But we didn't really have to go to planning at that stage because the architect involved had a great character and he was very charismatic. And I think 
he could probably have got anything passed at that stage. This was before the councils had actually merged. Mm -hmm. So he was very capable and very able to get this really unique design. Um, And also because it was like a barn and we were in a rural area, you know, he had thought it through properly. It was Mm -hmm. very good. But the second design, now we did have a lot more trouble with it and we had trouble with a window. And um, But the road that we live on has like a thatch cottage. It also has tiny worker, old workers' cottages. It's got mill cottages. So there was, uh, and it's got beautiful farmhouses as well, which are built at different times, different periods, you know. So it was an anything goes. And the architect himself was very, very good. I think we only really had two queries. And because the councils were merging at the time, uh, they promised us it would take six weeks. And actually, it took 25 weeks. So, right, okay. uh, yeah, and that's hard as well, because we were running out of time on our planning. Mm-hmm. And even though planning was available, uh, the, the, sorry, we bought the site with planning. It was so basic. You know, what we changed it to was... It was a dramatic change, you know, and what we changed it to, we were against time. But, um, no, the architect, was he was instrumental in uh, resolving that for us. And he did bring the planning officer out and we did meet them. And in fact, I would say it was a good experience with them personally because we knew where we stood. We knew what the problems were and there was great discussion going through. So whenever the plans were submitted, there were a couple of glitches, but... They were sorted out in a matter of days. So what was the issue with the window? It was just the style? The window, it was a gable end and also it was a bathroom window and we didn't want to put, first of all, it was how it stood and how close it was to the road, even though it was looking over a rural field. Um, No one else on the road had a window like that. And also um, we didn't want to put opaque glass in it. We just wanted, you know, clear glass because... Well, it's a bathroom. Um, no one was overlooking it, and we didn't want to lose the view. Mm-hmm. So that was there was a bit of a debate on that, and because no other um, house on the road had a gable window, but I think the explanation was given then was that no two houses on the road were anywhere alike. Mm-hmm. So we we were for whatever reason it was passed eventually, and um, and that was it. And thankfully it was because. In doing that, our house actually, um, we get the morning sun, the eastern sun, and it wraps itself around the house right through to the western sun in the evening. So, and that was the basically the, the sun coming in the bathroom in the mornings and, and, and moving around the house. So for us, it was really important because we had made a sun analysis on the site and that was how we wanted the the sun to go around the house and how we lived in it. So we basically move along the, the house. It's a linear design and the sun comes in the uh, living room in the, the late evening and during the day and the afternoon it's in through the kitchen. So it's providing heat all the time and you naturally gravitate to the light. So it works well. Very good. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and just your experience with building control then. Um, I, I know it's They were of, brilliant. Yeah. I honestly, they were absolutely brilliant. And there was a guy, first of all, the first guy came out, he was called Liam. And uh, I would say quite young, but quite experienced, knew his job. Um, We had nothing but good things to say. He 
he worked very well with our builder. Our builder was brilliant as well. Like we had lots of like debates and disagreements. Our builder couldn't understand why we were really pushing all the insulations and why we wanted things done a certain way. It wasn't the way he normally did it. And mm-hmm. um, between was, him what and building, was this again? Remind us. So this would be three years ago. We moved in three years ago. Mm-hmm. We're just three years in, and um, our builder at that time had built a timber frame insulated home, but not. A more super insulated at home. He had never really thought about um, the the advantages. You know, we would love to win for a passive home, but we just couldn't afford that extra cost. So, um, for instance, we don't have an air source heat pump. We went for oil and, you know, but our costs are really, are very, very low to run the house. But with the builder and building control, they, they knew what we were wanting. And building control came out whenever they were asked they were very good they they were they were great honestly we we had no trouble with them and we had heard horror stories but everything our builder was doing was he was doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and so therefore um building control had no trouble with it and that's to our advantage obviously because he had put the steel beams in where they needed to go you know with the insulations right just everything everything had worked well even the windows uh, you know, building control were just ticking all the boxes for us. So, yeah. um, and in our in our experience, it was very good. Yeah, it's great because uh, they they actually do come out on site and help you. They're, they're oh, real yeah. partners in the build. Uh, they come totally out, yeah, good good couple of times on site. Yeah, and no, absolutely, and very accessible as well. Mm. And we're saying that if you need to contact me and give them their card, you know, they they, they meant it genuinely. And you know, so they, you went with Timberframe, mm-hmm. was it? Yes, it was a timber frame. Yes, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we went to nine different companies before we we chose the right one, uh, the one that we felt was right for us. But again, and when you're doing things like this, um, you need to get on with the people. They need to know you. You need to feel comfortable with them. So it took a bit of time, but yeah. So we had a timber frame company and a separate builder. And remarkably, uh, the builder and this timber frame company had worked together once before. So that again was to our advantage because they already knew each other. Yeah, and had a good working relationship, I presume. Oh, definitely. Yes, they're both. Uh, they're both yeah. good at what they do. Yeah, yeah. Because then, so so the sequence would have been for he, did the builder put in the foundations for you? Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm, the build, mm-hmm. yeah. The builder put the foundations in, and the timber frame. He well, they they built the frame, but the builder worked very much in tandem with him. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was another great team of workers as well. And um, they were very quick. And because they they sat down and worked out their strategy beforehand, you know, they, they didn't just work it out on a day, a week to week basis. They knew in advance. There were a couple of lengthy meetings before the build really got up and running to find out, for instance, were they going to pour a floor and put in concrete uh, base early on, or were we going to wait to the end and um and how the timber frame uh, and his worker man and his workers would work around it but yeah no they, they thought it through in advance mm-hmm. so they kind of knew what they were doing and because it was second time around i suppose they had a bit more experience together yeah so then the timber frame company only put up the structure they didn't actually insulate the house the builder did that well, the builder insulated no well the timber frame company actually supplied the insulation and they uh Builder used the insulation and the timber frame man then was coming out and checking mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, because we decided that we would go for a cold roof in the end because we didn't need to insulate, for instance, the roof uh, space and it wasn't something we were going to use. And that actually saved us a lot of money as well. It saved us £4,000 actually doing it that way. But at the time, uh, the timber, the uh, yeah, the timber frame manufacturer was able to give us guarantees on what the U values of the walls were, working alongside the builder. So mm-hmm. you know, together they, they they came up with what the U values were and were able to prove them. Mm-hmm. And, and which has obviously been the case because of our that our costs are so low really to to heat the house. Yeah, that's that's the proof of it all, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, that's great. Was there anything else you wanted to mention or tips? Um, well, I would just think, you know, I'm saying that it took, you know, maybe five years to get up and running and, you know, it takes this amount of time and it takes that amount of time. It does take time. It takes commitment. It takes you to be absolutely fastidious. But it is probably one of the most rewarding things that you can ever do. Mm-hmm. You know, it might even be that you have to build to get that level of satisfaction. It might be that you've, you're, you know, you're restoring something, but um, it is very rewarding. And you know, even three years in, I still knit myself and think, "Wow, I can't believe we live here." Not because the house is stunning looking; it's just it's so comfortable to live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a big, you know, a big departure from your previous home. Well, definitely, and which we loved our last home, and I still miss it, but. I don't miss it for drafts and, you know, trying to heat it. And, you know, um, we used to heat one room at night and the rest of the heating was off in the house, you know, to try and save money and you're running down to bed in the cold. And it just it's just a different way of living. And um, I feel very fortunate. I think, you know, the way we live now, I mean, obviously the houses are getting better and better. You know, other people are doing this all the time. uh, if I could, I would do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. You might get a chance. <laughs> well, I know, I know. Uh, maybe down the line, I'd have to talk very nicely to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I hope you do get to do it again. We can have a chat about it then. That's okay. Great. Vivian, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And thank you, Astrid. I appreciate you for having me. Thanks again. For free one-to-one advice about building and home improving, and to get quotes from the companies who will turn your dream into reality, come along to any of the Self-Build Live events. The show is in Belfast every February, in Dublin every September, and in Cork every November. To subscribe to Self-Build Magazine, just log on to selfbuild.ie. It's just €4.50 or £3.90 every quarter, delivered straight to your door. And if you like us, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.